want to take for the next few moments those words found in Luke chapter 2. Those last few words read in your hearing from verses 1 through 7. I'm just going to use verse 6 and 7. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This is the fourth and final iteration of this sermon, Can God Stretch You? Previously, I've made sure to make it clear to you that I lift this up metaphorically because everybody knows that a woman who has prepared herself to give birth can only do so at some point by allowing her body to be used as an instrument. Her body is, I almost believe, no matter how natural the birth, it's supernaturally done. Somehow God allows that fetus to grow and that body to be shaped in such a fashion that tissue that were once one level of centimeters thins out to another level of centimeters. Bone seems to almost disjoint itself in preparation for delivery. The body makes massive changes, even the way the baby's positioned is repositioned so that it's head down. It's amazing the stretching that takes place. And I suggest by this that I believe that God at some point uses people. That's God's way. At some time when God's not doing something for you, he's getting something done through you. That's God's way. Jesus, why can't you come off that cross? He's not going to do it for me this time. He's going to do it through me. And sometimes God just, he allows us to be stretched. Stretched to be used by him. And all of us understand this metaphor because, see, we all do it at some points in our lives. We stretch for our jobs. We take jobs that are above our head, as I talked about last week, with the whole goal of in, in getting that job strategically so that we could develop ourselves to have greater capacity to do more later on. So we're used to stretching. We, we, we desire to stretch. And sometimes, in all truth and honesty, sometimes life has a way of stretching us, and it's not always comfortable. Be, be honest. 2018, some of you went through some stuff that stretched you, and you're not even sure how you're still standing. Some of you feel like Gumby. It's an old analogy, you'll get it later. You keep getting pulled. But in Every, ins 
instance, God has seemingly blessed you in the midst of your adversities. Stay with me for a moment. Because, see, I do believe that when we look at Mary, we see God divinely stretching her in order for God's divine purpose to be done. Sometimes stuff happens to us, and, and please, this is going to bother somebody, but I want to help you, and I want to give you some truth that you may not like. Romans 8 and 28 does say that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. What it does not say is this, and this is the inference everybody puts to it, that everything that happens to me was because the Lord wanted it to. It does not say that just because I went through it, God put me in that situation. If there's free choice of the will in the world, then that means somebody else's choices may impose on my will. A drunk driver could come down the street and strike somebody I love. Was it God's will that they were hit by the drunk driver? Or will God take that situation and bless us in spite of it and cause his hand of mercy to be in the midst of it? I do not have to live a life that believes that God has to orchestrate every movement. I do believe there are things that God does orchestrate. But there are some things you and I, just because we live, we're going to experience. We're going to go through some stuff. And it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be comfortable. Yeah, sometimes we'll be stretched by our advantages. What do you mean advantages, Reverend? I mean the advantages we have for job promotion, job advancement. We'll be stretched by our advantages, the advantage we have to get into a better school, the advantage we have to take a higher level class, the advantage we have to get advanced degrees. Those things will stretch us. We're stretched by our advantages, but sometimes we are also stretched by our adversities, by what I go through. With that in mind, I want you to take a moment and I want you to watch this brief clip of our friend and brother, co-pastor Michael Bailey, who is the co-pastor at First Cathedral, giving his testimony of what he and his wife have just been through in seeking God's favor for their child. It is a picture-perfect moment, a new family, a beautiful baby girl. Ava is life and joy because that's what she is to us. Ava Joy was born November 24th, bringing life and light and so much joy. She reminds me that, you know, life can still go on. For a while, Michael Bailey wasn't sure. He had been in a struggle of faith. The Lord is indeed good. The Lord is awesome. Michael Bailey is co-pastor of the First Cathedral. He earned the position just two years ago. Everything was going so well. His beloved wife, Sonia, was pregnant. But then, something went wrong. My heart began to break. She delivered a baby boy, Triumph, on November 24, 2016. At just 20 weeks, he didn't survive. There was another pregnancy, another loss. The issue? Something called cervical insufficiency, which can lead to early labor. 
But the teams at Hartford Hospital were not giving up on this family. Like you talk about rainbow baby, to have hope. Two years to the day that they lost their beloved son, a miracle. Sonia would give birth to a healthy baby girl. To have people there who know the situation, who saw you, you know, in a really dark time, to be there to celebrate with you. The birth of something special. It was familiar faces and everybody was like, wow, this is how, you know, and they were rooting for us. And it makes me say that Hartford Hospital is a place of hope. Here's a kid, young man, he's not longer a kid, he was a kid when he was growing up, he's a grown man now. He's going to be pastor of that wonderful place. He and his sibling brother, Pastor co-pastor Leroy, they're going to lead that congregation of literally thousands. He's done everything God asked him to do. Everything. Did it the right way. And yet, he has gone through the trial of pregnancy and loss and grief and recovery and pain and recovery. Hold on. God has stretched him. Has stretched his faith. What are you going to say to God? Lord, don't you love me? Why am I going through this? God, don't you care about me? Why am I having such a hard time? It is natural for you to go through and to question your faith. It's natural. You get sick. You're waiting on God to heal you. It's natural for you to sit around and to question God, where are you at? If he's done everything he's supposed to do, and yet he's in the midst of this. Gabrielle Union and, and her wonderful husband, great soon-to-be Hall of Famer. Yeah, they, 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 they've had, she's had eight miscarriages in her life. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter about station. It doesn't matter about wealth. It doesn't matter who you are. Life sometimes deals in what I almost call low blows. You just got to where you're ready to run around and see the country and now all of a sudden you go to the doctor and you don't, you don't feel good. You just got your bills together and now all of a sudden you realize somebody you love is not doing what, they, what you thought they were doing. And life seems to come in on you and you are being stretched by life. Yeah, those, those times when we're stretched by our advantages and those opportunities are cute. Those are wonderful. Those are the stretching we really like. But the time when we're stretched by our adversities and our opposition and the time when we're stretched by the simple average of life, that stuff happens, obstacles happen, those are not as comfortable. You keep living long enough and you're going to have some problems. Here's what the Bible says. In this life, you will have tribulation. Not maybe. No. In this life, you will have tribulation. And then it says, but be 
of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. He doesn't tell us what those tribulations are. He, don't tell, he doesn't tell us what kind of way they're going to come. He just says, at some point, you're going to go through. Some point, stuff ain't going to be what you want it to be. Here's my question to you. Here's the only way you can answer the question, can God stretch you? Question becomes, what you going to do? Yeah, some of us uh, remember the old bad boy song. Bad boy, bad boy, what you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? Bad boy, bad boy. Oh, never mind. The truth of the matter is, life is going to come for you. You don't have enough money to escape it. You don't have enough fame to escape it. Sooner or later, we all are going to go through stuff. So I wanted to talk about how. How can I handle my stretching? How can I handle my stretching? The first thing I want to tell you to do is that you're going to need to do is you're going to have to be certain of your piety. The certainty of piety. That's what I call it. What is this piety thing? That the piety is, is the, the reverence of God, the devotion, the, the, the fulfillment of my religious obligation, my, my quality of worship of my God. And I want to suggest to you that you're not going to make it through your trials in life whether they be corporate issues or family issues or simply health, whatever it is, you're not going to make it if you're not certain of your relationship with God. If you're not certain of who God is in your life, you, you, you've got to realize that God is the source of your life and that that relationship with him is bigger than anything else. Don't, don't fool around, don't, don't let that relationship go too long without checking in on him. See, one of the things that I have to remind myself is that God is able to do just what he said he would do. He's gonna fulfill every promise to you. Look at somebody say, neighbor, don't give up on God. For he won't give up on you. Look at somebody else. Tell him, he's able. Now, see, you, 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 you. See, I, I have to, I have to hold on to this. I, I need this certainty in my life that to know that, that the God I serve is able. Lord, what does it mean for me to say you're able? It, it means that you're going to be with me. Even if I'm standing over a fresh grave, you, you're going to be with me if I'm standing in a hospital room. You're going to be with me if I'm in a corridor by myself. You're going to be with me in the midnight hour. You're going to be with me when everybody else is fast asleep. You're going to be with me even when the tears are streaming down my face and nobody knows why I'm crying. God, you promised that you wouldn't leave me nor forsake me. And I know that you're going to do just what you you said you would do. You're going to fulfill every promise. 
at somebody tell them don't give up on God look at somebody say don't give up on God said he will do he's gonna fulfill every promise to you don't give up on God but he won't give up on you he's able he's able Everybody, God, God is able to do just what He said He will do. He's gonna fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up on God, for He won't give up on you. He's able. like you're by yourself, just say, he's able. He's able, he's able. Oh, yes, he is. But it's not just my, the certainty of my piety. It's that I need to get myself ready for the challenge of the process. The challenge of the process. What do you mean, Reverend? You know, I don't know about you, but I've got some prayers that God is still in the middle of answering. And um, those are the ones that I really, really, really want him to answer soon. I mean, I, I, I tried to give him some timelines, but I, I guess I'm not quite as connected as I thought. Seem like he keep breaking my deadline. Um, and then what's really crazy, by the time I get used to the mess that I'm in, now you want to fix it up. I just, you know, put a mattress in the doghouse. I, I thought that's where it's supposed to stay. Um, I'm not a fan of Philadelphia 76ers, but um, 
But they hired an analytics guy named Samuel Hinky. And uh, Deacon Glenn, don't turn my mic off because I know I'm talking about you. He's probably already in the midst of tears right now. Well, the 76ers hired uh, Hinky as, their, as one of the general managers. Uh, he's no longer there, but before he left, he, uh, he had a way in which his team started tanking. Uh, that's, at least everyone thought that's what it was. They were losing so they'd get higher draft picks. Now, they never said that. It just seemed to be the end result. But what Hinky started using was the phrase, trust the process. Eventually, he put together a pretty good team. I, I'm, like I said, I'm not a fan, but if I see that they're on and I just be flashing the channels, I'll stop, I'll stop. I will, I'll stop, I promise I will. He got some ball players there. He, he went out and got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And them, boys, them boys can ball, they can show the ball. They can, they, can, they can play some ball. And I, I watched it. So uh, when, when Embiid got there, they asked him about the statement, trust the process. Embiid looked at him and said, I am the process. I'm, I'm going to hurry. I want to tell you this. This is just a reality. That when you are serving God, and when God is working on your life, sometimes you got to let God do what God does without your interference and with your trust. God, God doesn't need you just crying every day when you could be enjoying the journey. Sometimes we don't enjoy the journey. And, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Sometimes we're just distracted. I, I'm gonna try and tell the story, um, but if I can get, I, just briefly. I was, uh, my wife and I were in the islands on our honeymoon and uh, I got this, really. I got this. For those who didn't hear, she whispered over there, watch out now. <laughs> so we went on a tour of the island. We went on a tour. And the people who were on the tour were, were trying to get us to see stuff. Oh, look at the hibiscus and this and the this and the that. And we really weren't paying good attention. I think others said they were on honeymoon. We were actually on ours. So that even though we were in the neighborhood of beautiful plants and beautiful shrubbery, we were distracted, so we didn't necessarily see that. Good reason, happily so. I'm going somewhere, stay with me. 
Y'all take that camera off in case she tell me off. With that. <laughs> Stay with me. It was beautiful. It was radiant. It was there to be held. But we did not see that part of the journey because we were distracted by our part of the journey, personal. Stay with me for a moment. There are times in your life when you're in the midst of your journey where you could be enjoying other things along the way. Instead of simply weeping and crying and gnashing of teeth, you could be enjoying, but because you allow yourself to be distracted, you miss the joy of the journey. Okay, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Y'all, 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 I can see y'all, y'all still, still trying to find me here. So stay with me. Here's what people say when they talk about trust the process. They use phrases like this. And look at the person next to you say, neighbor, Slow down. Look at somebody else say, neighbor, calm down. Okay, those are not the same. Slow down and then calm down. Because see, sometimes your nerves are getting the best of you. It's not as bad as it seems, but your nerves are getting the best of you. Slow down, calm down. Then the next one is, don't worry. Y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't get that. I need you to look at somebody else say, neighbor, slow down, calm down, don't worry about a thing. Because every little thing is going to be all right. Jesus tells us not to worry. Listen, stay with me. The next one's even better. I like this one. Don't quit. Don't quit. Slow down. Calm down. Don't worry. Don't quit. See, as long as you don't quit, you're still in the race. As long as you don't quit, you still have a chance. As long as you don't quit, God can still fix it. It can still be all right. Don't get so upset that you quit. Embrace your journey. Yeah, I, I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. There's a challenge of the process. And the process is the process. Sometimes I wish I had the ability to speed you through certain things. But I don't. I don't. But one thing I do have is the ability to enjoy the journey. Um, you know, when you're not in a hurry, sometimes take the train. Take the train. See, see, see the countryside. See, sometimes you're so much in a hurry to get from point A to point B, you fly over everything. And you miss everything in between. There's some things that you ought to enjoy the process of. 
my, my good friend, Deacon Rainey, who went home with the Lord, he's working up in Newark, up in, uh, in, um, in uh, Rhode Island. And we had to go across, cross Jamestown Bridge and get over there. So he'd ride, he had a Harley Davidson, uh, beautiful bike, beautiful bike, anniversary edition. And he'd ride his bike to work in the morning. And then he'd come back across the bridge, back home, and he's living in Stonington. And uh, he'd tell Deacon S. Linda, I, I want to go for a ride. Wait a minute. Deacon, you just rode all the way to Rhode Island, into Newport. You just, you need to ride. Yeah, I, that, I was trying to get to work. There, there, there was no enjoyment there. Now I want to ride just to look around. I want to see the greenery. I want to enjoy the road. I want to lean into my bike on the corner. I want to just have a great ride. I, I just want to enjoy. And see, some of us, we don't know how to enjoy. Everything is a drudgery. And sometimes... What God's letting you go through, it's not meant to hurt you. It's meant to help you. Okay, they tell me I'm done, so let me close. Last point, last point. I've got two points I can make here. I won't, I won't dwell on it long, but, but the, 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 the one I really want you to get is the the culmination of perfection. Don't, don't, don't put the other one up just yet. The culmination of perfection. And, and for that, that means that the end result is what God wanted it to be. Tap somebody next to you and say, neighbor, don't worry about how it ends. God's got you. Okay, I see you. It went over your head, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back down to you in just a moment. But here, here, Psalm 18, verse 32 said, It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. In other words, since I'm trusting God and I'm in God's hand, whatever he allows in my life is going to be all right. I don't know how he's going to work it out, but I know this much is going to work out for my good. I don't know how he's going to bless me, but I know this much he's going to bless me. I don't know how he's going to get me out of this mess, but I know this much he's getting me out and I'm coming out with my hands up. Oh, y'all didn't get that. Look at somebody say, neighbor. The culmination of perfection is praise. What do you mean, Reverend? At some point, God's going to give me a testimony that all I can do is give him the praise. Look at somebody say, neighbor, I've got a testimony. God's been good to me and he's worthy. Of the praise. Okay. 
do me a favor. If, you, if you're not too mean, get somebody near you and just, just put your elbow on them real quick and just say, neighbor, I can't do this one by myself. There are some times when I need a dance partner. Will you praise God with me? I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Do, do you know why the shepherds had to go and see Jesus? Do you know why the shepherds had to show up? Because up until that point, Mary and Joseph had heard only from angels. And they had met with Elizabeth, but Elizabeth didn't have a word for them. They had a word about her. She didn't have a word for them. The baby leaped in her presence, but she had no word for them. But when the shepherds came, they came with a word for them. And the word for them was confirmation of what God had already done. That it was divinely inspired and the angels had done it. Let me help you here. There's sometimes when God needs to give you confirmation in the earth realm that it's already done. If you're not too mean, go to somebody right now, just say, neighbor, I want to confirm it for you. It's already done. Give God a praise.